Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to all the brothers and sisters, to all the Church of the Lord, the Church of God Ministry of Jesus Christ International, congregations that God has allowed to gather in different places around the world, in many countries, towns, places, cities, all of the places where God has allowed his word to reach, and in some places, some islands, small groups of people who are now forming because the spirit of our God has been there, surrounding people, surrounding the hearts of each person to show himself, to reveal himself before people, to show that he exists and that he is willing to bless all of those who call upon him, who prepare their hearts for him. So to all of you, those who see me, those who are going to listen to this sermon and the reflection of the Lord's word, you are all welcome. Welcome. And may God always be with each of you in your hearts and in your minds so that you are able to understand and comprehend these messages, these words. And although it is apparently like we are reading a story thousands of years back, it's not a story. It's history, the history of our God and the way that he has behaved himself with mankind from the day he created it. So we here are reading, and for us, it's not a story because God lives He is present in every one of us. This is why he revives all of these wonderful words that were written. He revives them in our soul, in our heart. And aside from that, he works miracles. The Lord works many miracles. While you are listening to the reading, to the sermon, to the explanation, the reflection, whatever it is we want to call it, While you are attentive, listening, God is working a miracle in your life. God is delivering you, changing you, changing your mindset. He is transforming you. He is removing curses. He is removing diseases. He is removing the traps of the enemy. Envy. He's giving you peace. That is everything God does throughout the sermon, throughout the time that you devote to open the Bible and read, or to pray, or to sing, or to listen to a teaching. So everyone is welcome, and a very special greeting to all the first-time guests and newcomers. And people who I know are tuning in today to watch this sermon and have not yet dared to go to one of the congregations. Maybe they're afraid, maybe you're shy or scared, I'm not sure what it is, and you're not able to go to the congregation. You fear what others might say, perhaps. Maybe your friends or family will criticize you, and this is why you have not dared to go, but I invite you to make that effort and congregate, to listen to prophecy to receive laying on of hands, so that there, gathered together with the congregation, the Holy Spirit, as he is manifesting himself, because the Holy Spirit is in every heart, in every life, you will then feel 
the presence of God and you will feel joy, happiness. You will see how it is also different to go to the congregation. It is very different from watching the sermon in your office or at home, wherever it is that you choose to watch this sermon. So I invite you, I invite you to congregate. Don't put off until tomorrow what you can do today and congregate. And many blessings from behalf of the Lord for all of you. May God bless you and the brothers and sisters who are here with me, a greeting to you. God bless you. Everyone is welcome. And you may be seated. You may get comfortable in your places. And we will now, ready and prepared, we will begin. What does Acts chapter 5 share with us today? Acts chapter 5, which we have prepared to read. Do not forget that we are reading all of the chapters. There are short chapters and there are long chapters. This chapter has 42 verses and we're going to read them and we're going to look at what we find so that we may learn what will we find so that we change and follow the Lord and follow the Lord's ways? What doctrine, what new things are there for us? And I know that every time there is something new and there are many things that we read and we don't reflect on, but perhaps today the Lord who is here with us he is very joyful and may have surprises for us. And the Lord will help us all to receive what we are expecting. Because there are many brothers and sisters, there are many people who, when they get to know the ways of the Lord, they begin to wait in the Lord. Because God makes them promises. When God makes promises, each person has hope. They hold and harbor hope in their heart. The hope of when will the Lord fulfill this or that. And we live with that hope. And among many things, we are glad and joyful. And we bless and we love the name of our God. We revere it. We respect the Lord. We honor him. We acknowledge his existence. And he then helps us. He helps us in any difficult moment, in any moment of tribulation, because we do have the enemy by our side who constantly persecutes us. But our God will help us. So the honor and the glory be for our God, for the Almighty God. Acts chapter 5, the scripture on Ananias and Sapphira, believers, believers of which in the beginning of the church converted or had converted to the Lord, and now they were enjoying 
the gospel, the pure gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. They were enjoying a different path, a different plan of salvation that God had set even before the foundation of the world. And that now it was fulfilled by our Lord Jesus Christ, who fulfilled all of the rules and requirements that God demanded that needed to be fulfilled in the law so that God could change his plan and make a new covenant. And the plan of salvation or the method of salvation would then be different after Christ. And that happened because our Lord Jesus Christ fulfilled all of the rules and conditions and so, in this book of Acts of the Apostles, which is the story of the early church and its beginnings, we find many anecdotes of different people. And we have here the story of Ananias and Sapphira. Like I said to you, they were believers. They had already learned the doctrine, and they knew the Holy Spirit spoke. They had heard prophecy. And they knew that God manifested himself to man, to human beings, to each person individually. Because in antiquity, in the law of Moses, God only manifested himself with the high priest or with the prophets. But he did not manifest himself to individuals. But now they saw how God was manifesting himself to each person. And they were very happy, just as we are today. We are very happy to see that God hears us, he is with us, he speaks to us, and individually he makes us promises and fulfills them, so thanks be to our God. Now it reads, but a certain man named Ananias, with Sapphira his wife, sold a possession, and he kept back part of the proceeds, his wife also being aware of it, so he sold his possession and he changed the price of that possession that he had sold, and his wife knew about it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now, they had committed themselves. They had made a promise to God that they were going to sell a possession and that they were going to give it all to the apostles so that they could then distribute it among those in need. But in this moment, when they sold that possession, that inheritance, what happens is that there was greed involved. There was greed in Ananias and Sapphira. And they said, well, this is a lot of money. This is a lot of money, what we're going to give to the apostles. Rather, let's give them a part and let's take another part for ourselves. And we will tell the apostles that that is how much the possession was sold for. They forgot for a moment that God spoke. They forgot that the apostles had the Holy Spirit and that they had all of the spiritual gifts. This 
Ananias and Sapphira, they forgot these matters and these details, and they thought that they were dealing with the apostles just as they were dealing with any ordinary person under the law of Moses. Now let's remember, in the law, the law of Moses, each person thought what they thought best because they were not keeping the law as God had taught it through Moses. So each person did things however they wanted. They lived their life however they wanted. And Ananias and Sapphira were used to dishonesty among the people. That people were liars, were dishonest, were greedy. That they could hide things, they could bribe, they could deceive. And they thought that with the apostles, it was just what they were used to. Mixed within all of these other situations. And this is why they said to the apostles, well, this is how much we sold it for and everything else we'll keep. Now, now what great concern there was when they are discovered by God, discovered by the Holy Spirit. Because when they arrived with the money, and they placed it, laid it before the apostles. Peter says in verse 3, Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? Now, Peter did not say, why did you lie to Peter? He did not say that. Peter said, why have you lied to the Holy Spirit? Because it was God, through the Holy Spirit, who had taught all of them that they needed to share. That those who had a lot of money, those who were wealthy and rich and had many possessions, that they should sell and then distribute to the people in need and God would bless them. God was going to restore their belongings and that they would have no shortage, no lack of anything, but everything would be multiplied. They would be blessed by the Lord. The Lord taught the apostles this and they then taught other people so that they would fulfill with these missions of being merciful and generous. So this is why he said, it is the Holy Spirit, not Peter, because Peter did not make up the fact that people would sell their possessions and then distribute their wealth to others. It was God, it was the Holy Spirit who taught them all. And Peter could have said that, they lied to Peter in that moment, but since it was the Holy Spirit who invented this and taught them to share and to help and lend a hand to those in need, this is why in no moment did he say, Ananias, why are you lying to Peter? But he said, why are you lying to the Holy Spirit? And in verse 4, Peter says, he continues on, while it remained, meaning 
while he keeps and holds back that inheritance, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. Because you committed yourself. When you heard the teaching that you needed to be generous and merciful and share, you agreed, you accepted, and you promised to God that you would sell your possession to then divide it among the poor. You made that promise. But now that things are done, you have repented and you want to hold back apart. And that is how he was then lying to the Holy Spirit with the commitment he had made of selling that possession to then give everything to the poor. And this is why Peter reiterates and says to him, you have not lied to men, you have lied to God. And in verse 5, there are consequences of having lied to God and then having tried to deceive the apostle and the people who surely were present with the apostle. And this is why it says then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last, meaning he died. So great fear came upon all those who heard these things. Because it was a very serious matter that he had lied to the Holy Spirit and tried to deceive the apostle. And not just that, but with all of this, he wanted to deceive all of those present, the witnesses who were there and who had heard of the matter and causing the word of God to be left in mockery because people would have said, look, this person, look at how he deceived the apostle. He deceived him. He did not give everything he kept apart for himself. And even Sapphira, the wife of Ananias, she too would have said, well, we have mocked them and now everything is mockery, is a lie and deceit and nothing has happened. And God, he wanted to exalt his name and to show to people that his word is steadfast and respectable, that God's word must be respected. God's commands, his word, his promises, all of it is respected. And we need to have fear, respect for everything that comes from behalf of God. And that we need to honor our king and to love him with all our heart and not fail him, not fail him in anything. Then, here in verse number six, it reads, And the young men arose and wrapped him up, carried him out, and buried him. Now it was about 
three hours later, when his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter answered her, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. She said, Yes, for so much. Then she made the same mistake. And Peter said to her, How is it that you have agreed together to test the Spirit of the Lord? So they tempted the Spirit of the Lord with this lie, this justification. Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Now how sad, and how very worrisome all of this is. Someone could say, God is so lacking of mercy and love, why would he do this? A lot of people say that. People who don't know God, that's what they say. But we, we know that God is a loyal God, a perfect God. He likes uprightness and perfection. He is pleased with everything that is loyal in honesty. And following all things righteously, that is how God is and his word. And he has taught it many times to human beings in many different ways, throughout many different times, throughout many years and generations. He has always taught human beings to be upright. To not deceive or to lie. And so God has taught this. This is why we cannot question God and say that he has lacked love or lacked mercy for having done this with Ananias and Sapphira. Because God is perfect and he wants his people to be perfect and he teaches us. And he says that we are able to obey and we are able to fulfill. We are able to live all of these things. He tells us this. And if he tells us this, it's because it's true. So here, this is why our God proceeded in this manner, in this very harsh discipline, and Ananias and Sapphira died. And in verse 10, then immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. And the young men came in and found her dead, and carrying her out, buried her by her husband. Verse 11, So great fear came upon all the church, and upon all who heard these things. So it says that there was great fear that came upon them. But unfortunately, sometimes that fear that people show at one point in life and maybe an event, it's passing. It doesn't last. That fear does not last. They forget it with time. The days go by and they forget. They forget about what happened. They forget that God is a God who must be respected and obeyed that God is stern and he disciplines those who are disobedient. He disciplines those that are foolish 
and self-indulgent, those that are inconsistent, he disciplines. That is all forgotten. So we must have something that constantly reminds us. Constantly, we need to have something or someone that is reminding us of things. As human beings, we cast it into oblivion. This is why the Holy Spirit is in our midst, in our lives. And this is why the Holy Spirit said, I am leaving, but I will not leave you orphans. I will send you the Holy Spirit to be with the church, to be with the believers, to be with the followers of the true gospel, so that he may be with them forever. And he told them, and so that the Holy Spirit may guide you, may lead you and tell you what to do, how to do it. He will teach you. The Holy Spirit is there to remind you of all things. That was a great promise made by our Lord Jesus Christ. And even to this day, our Lord Jesus Christ is fulfilling this promise. Glory to our Lord. Because the Holy Spirit always tells us the same things. He is always reminding us. Because we are human beings and we are forgetful and we cast everything into oblivion. And maybe we are fearful in a moment. We ask for forgiveness and mercy. We say, Lord, I repent. I won't do it again. Please forgive me. But then a week later, everything has been forgotten and we fall again. And we do those same things. We fall into the same situation. So we need a reminder. We need the Holy Spirit of the Lord. And so there was great fear in those days in the church, something that they later on forgot. But very well, in those days, there were many who did have fear and believed in the power of God. They believed because it was the beginning of the preaching of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. As it was the beginning of it, God had to manifest himself in this very strong, drastic way so that people could believe back in that time because some were still following the law of Moses. It was still being practiced by those who had not believed in the gospel. So it was something that was difficult and God had to manifest himself with all of these wonders and miracles. That's what we call them so that people could believe. And that was how God helped the apostles in the preaching of the gospel. That is how God was with them and helped them. In verse number 12, it reads, And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. So many signs and many wonders were done among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Yet none of the rest dared join them, but the people esteemed them highly. Let's not forget when it mentions Solomon's porch, the city was walled in and it had entrances that were not the main entrance they were entrances so that people did not have to walk so far away to the main entrance. So they were porches. And every side of the wall, there was a porch. And in Solomon's porch, let's remember, there was a synagogue there. And that is where the apostles had gone in 
to worship God and also to evangelize. And this is where many great wonders occurred. Now in verse 14, And believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. So all of these things happened. And truly, all of this did happen. As there were many people, and it was very difficult for Peter to have access to get to each person, so they would lay them out on the streets and he would pass by. And with his shadow, with his shadow, God worked miracles, signs, and wonders. And of course, all of this, it lent itself to people who saw these miracles worked through Peter or when people saw that Peter was walking by and that with his shadow there were miracles that occurred in people's lives, people then begin to try and idolize that person. They turn him into an idol, a person of importance. Oh, well, those who did not understand, they did not say Peter is filled with the Holy Spirit. He has the spiritual gifts. No, what they would say is, Peter is a saint. He's perfect. He's God. That is what people would say back in that time. So many, perhaps, looked at him in that way. Others who began to listen to the gospel, they heard the preaching and the teaching of the gospel and understood that it was the work of the Holy Spirit that was in the mouth and in also the body of each apostle and disciple. So that is how there were many different concepts that were formed. Many concepts were formed back in that time. And many concepts are formed today. But today we teach it is the Holy Spirit. It is the spiritual gifts that God gives to a man or a woman. And God then uses that man or woman and works miracles and healings. And God also uses dreams and visions. So that is how God helps people. This is why we fight to teach people to not twist the path, to not go down a different path, but that their hearts, their eyes are all set on God, on his spirit and truth. In our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the Son of God, our God, and very well. And it reads here in verse 16. Also, a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits. Let us note that sick people have always existed. And those who are tormented by unclean spirits, they have also always existed. But this says here that they were all healed. How beautiful is what God was doing in the beginning, in the early days of the gospel. But today, we are not going to feel less than them because today, our God is also working signs and wonders. Only that we are not able to go to the media to show the world all of the miracles God is doing for people. And showing them the before and after 
of each person because God has not called us to do these things. We simply say God works miracles because he lives and today he is working just as he did back in that time because the Holy Spirit is the one in charge of carrying out this wonderful work. And so today the Lord is also carrying out many miracles and many people share people who go to the hospitals or are in the hospitals they're in a state of coma and the doctor says they're going to die, that they have no cure for their disease. Yet, God has had mercy of many and gives them dreams and says, I'm going to heal you. I'm going to raise you up. You will not die. And God is the one who does all of these miracles. This is why we believe what we are reading here. We do not doubt, nor do we say this was a lie. It is true. Because this is what we hear today. We hear of all of these testimonies through the internet, through the people who write and share, and who show us. And many people, sometimes we have seen in our own presence, we have seen the miracle God has worked for many people. So we see how God is living, the living God of that time and of what we are reading here. It is the same God today. There is no difference. He is the same. He does the same things because he is the same today, tomorrow, and always. He is the same yesterday and today and tomorrow. Our God is the same. What we are reading here is nothing new, nor can anyone say, well, these are such beautiful things that happened back in that time. Because God today is also doing these same things in people. In verse 17, Then the high priest rose up, and all those who were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and they were filled with indignation, and laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. Now, you see the envy of the principalities of that time, the principalities of the law of Moses. They laid hands on them, put them in common prison. Verse 19, but how beautiful God's miracle. But at night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, so there was an angel of the Lord. Don't you think this is beautiful? Now, what can I say here about the angel of the Lord? Well, this has also happened during our times. In our times, only that we sometimes cannot share this because People may look at us as someone who is violating the laws of the government. But today, this has happened in these times. This has happened. God has freed people from prison. A person who was put in prison unjustly, it was a mistake, an error. I'm not going to say where, nor am I going to specify so much, but this person was in prison. And God sent an angel disguised as a guard and said, here are the keys. Go, leave. And they left. Glory to our God. Glory to God. And that was in a country far, far, far away. That happened in a far, far away country. And this person spoke with me and shared their testimony. And so God protected this person. And that was it. God freed them. So are we going to be envious about these things? That the angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out? Well, that happens. 
This has happened. For God, there is nothing that is impossible. And he said to them, this angel said to them, go stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life, the eternal life. Glory be to God. And when they heard that, they entered the temple early in the morning and taught. And so what was the state of those who caused them to be put in prison? What was their reaction? Well, I imagine they were dumbfounded, astonished because of the miracle God worked. And now, but the high priest and those with him came and called the council together with all the elders of the children of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came and did not find them in the prison, they returned and reported, saying, Indeed, we found the prison shut securely and the guards standing outside before the doors. God put those guards to sleep. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. Glory to our God, that wonderful miracle. Now when the high priest, the captain of the temple, and the chief priest heard these things, they all followed the law of Moses. They wondered what the outcome would be. So one came and told them, saying, Look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Blessed is the name of the Lord. Then the captain went with the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared, so they were afraid, to be stoned by the people. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council. So we see here how God used angels around the apostles, and the angels were the people, because they found grace in the eyes of the people, for they saw the miracles God was working through them. This is why they loved these people, and they were going to defend them. So thanks be to our God, how the Lord, despite having an enemy who is trying to attack and harm you. God places his angels and also his protectors to be there at the care of the children of the Lord. Glory to the Lord. Verse 28, saying, and it says that when they brought them before the council and the high priest asked them, saying, did we not strictly command you not to teach in this name, in the name of Jesus? They said, do not teach. And look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood on us, meaning the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, because they taught the doctrine and said, you, you were those who took the life of an innocent person, the life of our Lord Jesus Christ. And this is why they said, you want to blame us for the blood that was shed. But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging on a tree. Him, God, has exalted to his right hand to be prince and savior, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses to these things, and so also is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. So this highlights the Holy Spirit. Today, 
we highlight the Holy Spirit so much because we are witnesses that he is true. He exists. He manifests himself in our lives. Verse 33. When they heard this, they were furious and plotted to kill them. Then one in the council stood up, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law. Now, observe this man, Gamaliel. He was a teacher of the law, held in respect by all the people. So the people revered Gamaliel and commanded them to put the apostles outside for a little while. And he said to them, men of Israel, Take heed to yourselves what you intend to do regarding these men. For some time ago, Feudus rose up. Now, he was sharing that before our Lord Jesus Christ, before his coming, there had been a man that had risen named Feudus, and he had said he was a person sent by God. That he was claiming to be a very important person sent by God. And it seems as though he began to form disciples and began to teach doctrines. And he began to form disciples in different places. But this did not last a long time. And this is what this man, Gamaliel, who was a teacher of the law, this is what he was telling them, these principalities of the council. He was telling them, remember when Theudas arose saying he was somebody special. And a number of men, about 400, joined him. He was slain, and all who obeyed him were scattered and came to nothing. So he was trying to imply by saying that just as this man Theudas claiming to be somebody, and he gathered 400 believers, but then later his life was taken, and after dying, no one obeyed, but all of them were scattered, and that group of people came to nothing. That religion or the doctrines that he was teaching, that Theudas was teaching, so this teacher of the law, Gamaliel, was trying to tell them all not to worry. That the exact same thing will happen to Jesus of Nazareth. The exact same thing will happen to Jesus of Nazareth. He formed his disciples. He formed many people of the people who follow him. And now his disciples, he's died. Jesus has died already. He was saying to all of the council, Jesus has died. But since they did not want to accept that Jesus had resurrected. They did not want to accept that. So this is why they said Jesus died just like Theudas. So don't worry. Let them be. This will not last a long time. This is what this teacher of the law thought because he, he did not realize nor did he analyze the miracles that had already taken place nor the miracle that God had freed them from prison. He did not observe that. He only observed the example of a person who existed before. And he said, well, the exact same thing will happen to Jesus. But glory to God, he was very wrong. Because our God was the living God. Our God of power. And our Lord Jesus Christ 
was truly sent by God, the Messiah, the promised one, that God had promised the Savior, that perfect king who would come to rule. This is why the apostles fully trusted because they were living and enjoying the presence of the Holy Spirit. So for them, this was something real, what they were living and what they were feeling. But this person, Gamaliel, with being the teacher of the law, he did not want to accept these things. Yet apparently... It is seen as though he had been there defending these people. But, okay, maybe the Lord also used these means to defend the apostles so that they could continue preaching God's word, as God had commanded them to do, because they needed to continue to preach and teach, working miracles and signs, till the day the Lord, in his will, called the apostles to his presence, but before then, they had to do the work. So it says that this man, he said, And now I say to you, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or this work is of men, it will come to nothing. But if it is of God, you cannot overthrow it lest you even be found to fight against God. And he was very wise in this. Gamaliel was wise in saying, let them be, leave them alone. Because if this work is of men, it will come to nothing. Why? Because the work of men finishes, it comes to an end because it does not have the support of God. Let us remember that as human beings that we are, we have no power. We have no supernatural power. But God, he can support us with our preaching, with our teachings, or when we open our mouths to speak about God, to speak of God's existence, to speak of his wonderful ministry. Then God supports us in that word. He makes that word penetrate and pierce the hearts of those who listen. And so that support from God is what we human beings must have. We must have it so that we are believed in what we are preaching and teaching what we are assuring to be believed, well, then we need to be accompanied by that support, by the support of God and the promises he makes to those who follow him, to the followers. He says, I will give power from on high. I will bless them. I will be in their mouths. I will speak. I will use their tongues. I will speak through them. Their children's children and to many other generations he will use and will speak through their mouths. All of these are wonderful promises God has made in his true gospel in Isaiah, in the prophets. There we read about those promises. And later, our Lord Jesus Christ spoke and taught his disciples, confirming 
And here, in the stories we read here in Acts, also seeing God's power manifested in these men, specifically Peter. And so the miracles of the Lord are carried out, God's power. And this man, Gamaliel, was right when he said, Leave them alone, because if this is of men, it will come to nothing. Yes, because the things of men come to nothing. They come to an end. It perishes, but the things of God are perfect, and they continue on forever. So he says, if this is of God, then you cannot overthrow it. You cannot destroy it, because perhaps you will be fighting against God. But as he said, he was sure. He said, this is of men. I'm telling them this to convince them. But this is something done by men, and this will come to an end soon. And in verse 40, and they agreed with him. So the council, they listened to Gamaliel, and they agreed with him. And when they had called for the apostles, after beating them, the poor apostles, they were beaten, and they commanded that they should not speak the name of Jesus and let them go. Now, they did not listen. They did not obey the words of these people because they had to obey God before obeying men. Glory to our God. So they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name, the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And daily in the temple... And in every house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus. Though they were highly recommended to submit to the recommendations of Gamaliel, they, they obeyed God before obeying men. The power of God was manifested in them with all of the miracles signs, and wonders. How beautiful it must have been back in that time to see the manifestation of the hand of God, of the Holy Spirit, of the spiritual gifts in the apostles, carrying out the miracles and signs in every way, and people coming from different towns and cities nearby, coming to see and hear the word of God, the Lord's message, the good tidings of salvation, the power of the gospel, the true gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Our Lord Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, the life, and the Holy Spirit was sent by our Lord Jesus Christ to be with his followers forever. He did not say until the 21st century or the 22nd or 23rd. He said forever. And forever is that forever for us as human beings. The glory be to our God. Jesus Christ is God. Our God exists. He lives. We must praise him. We must honor him. We must glorify him. Let us pray to our God. And let us also place before his presence all diseases, 
diseases and also people that are tormented by evil, unclean spirits and different sorts of diseases that exist. Each person, each of you, place in the Lord's presence your disease. Tell him, tell the Lord what the doctors have told you. And say to the Lord, ask him to have mercy and to give you another opportunity in life so that you may praise the name of the Lord. Also, desires and yearnings of your heart and petitions, we will also present this before our God. And he, he will answer. He will do the work in our lives. Blessed is the name of our God, Holy Father, Heavenly Father, Eternal Father, Creator of the heavens and earth, our great and righteous God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, our Almighty God, powerful God, you manifested yourself back in those times. You gave power and you gave so much support to Peter and to all the apostles. And it says that even with Peter's shadow, you worked miracles because you wanted to highlight your gospel. You wanted to highlight your word and teach the people that they were wrong, that the method of salvation had changed, that now there was a new method, which was to believe in Jesus Christ as the only way that leads to eternal life. And the commandments, they are the same commandments that my Lord gave to Moses on Mount Sinai on tablets of stone. Glory to the Lord. You are the same. You have not changed, my Lord. Thank you, eternal God. I ask in this moment that you stretch out your mighty hand upon all those that are ill. You know, my Lord. You know every person, men, women of all ages that are ill. Stretch out your healing hand. Stretch out your healing hand because they are asking you. They pray, they cry out to you for healing. May you have mercy, Lord. And also all those that are bound by unclean spirits. They are tormented by demons, by witchcraft, sorcery, curses. Holy Father, hear our prayer. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, hear our pleas. And look, Lord, there are also desires of the heart. And look, Lord, there are also petitions that each person has before you. May you hear their petitions and may you help everyone so that each person may live uprightly before you so that they change. People may live an upright, holy life to live a life of holiness. Please help all to live in holiness as you are holy Help us to obey you and to change. Thank you, my Lord and Almighty God. Thank you for your love, Lord. Blessed and praised is your name. May all generations praise you. May all believe and trust in you. Seek you with a sincere heart so that you may bless them. In the glorious name of Jesus Christ, glory to the Lord. Satúrame, Señor, con tu espíritu. Satúrame, Señor, con tu espíritu. Y déjame sentir el fuego de tu amor aquí en mi corazón, Señor. Y déjame sentir 
corazón, Señor. Satúrame, Señor, tu espíritu. Satúrame, Señor, con tu espíritu. Y déjame sentir el fuego de tu amor aquí en mi corazón, Señor. Y déjame sentir el fuego de tu amor aquí en mi corazón, Señor. Glory and honor be for our God. Thanks be to the Lord. May God bless you all. A big hug for everyone. Kisses for the children. Thank you very much. God bless you. And I invite first-time guests to come to the church and receive prophecy and newcomers to continue to carry on for God has many blessings for all of you. Thank you. God bless you.